What is going on, Wrench Lifers out there? Welcome to Wrench Life. This is my podcast. It's about personal, mental, and physical health. It's about feeling good. It's about being better every day. And I am proud to announce we are up to seven listeners. Pretty exciting. We're approaching ten double digits, guys. Mystetic. And all I can say is I hope that all seven of you that listen to this are taking something from it. There's some food for thought. You're practicing mindfulness. You're trying to reflect on things that happen in your life. You're trying to be one step better every day because that's what this is about. Progression-based mental health. You don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to do No Rest November. You don't have to do Meetober. You don't have to do 48 hours fasting. All you do is a little bit of time, one step at a time to make your life better because when you make your life better, you make everyone else's lives around you better. Every action we have, it's like dropping a stone in a pond and those ripples go out. Beyond, You can't even see them at a certain point, but they're out there. Every action has a positive and equal reaction. And today, as you may have assumed from the intro music, we are going to be talking about Christmas. Wow. Doesn't that make you feel good? It shouldn't. <laughs> um, I don't celebrate Christmas. And we're going to talk about that. So on today's show, we're going to do, we're going to talk about Christmas. Okay. A little bit about that. We're going to do a mindful moment. Uh, then we're going to talk about a book I'm reading right now called The Gulag Archipelago, if you may have heard of it. Um, and then... Uh, at the end, no. Yeah, that's I'll pretty much wrap it up with the book. Making some notes here. So, let's start. Christmas is a microcosm of your shitty diet. Now you're saying, what? Let's go over some terms before we go into this section. Do you know what hedonism is? It's a pursuit of pleasure over everything. As defined in the dictionary, it is the theory that pleasure, in the sense of satisfaction of your desires, is the highest good and proper aim of human life. That is just, you know, it's decadence. It's all it is. Um, I mean, that definition probably makes it sound more positive than it is. It's probably not a positive thing. Uh, the second thing we're going to talk about is, it's called time preference. I'm going to bring this up a lot. We talked about it in the past. Um, there's a couple different terms they use for time preference in, in economics, but basically, uh, as defined by the Wikipedia, economics, in economics, time preference, or time discounting, or delay discounting, or temporary discounting, or long-term orientation, is the current relative valuation placed on receiving a good at an earlier time or date compared to receiving at a later time or date. So, that's your shitty diet. You decide that uh, you you value the pleasure in eating now over the value of not feeling like a piece of garbage down the road and perhaps dying of a heart attack at 59 instead of cancer at 89. 89. <laughs> maybe, maybe bad sale there, Dave. Maybe pull back. But yeah, basically, time preference is the satisfaction uh, in the now versus the cost of your future self. 
Makes sense, right? That's like putting away money into savings now or into a, a, a retirement for the later future. That's eating healthy. That's exercising. That's all those things where you pay the cost up front for the benefit down the road versus getting the benefit now and paying the cost down the road because there's cost and there's benefit. There's value and there's expense. Those all exist. <clears throat> so, your shitty diet and Christmas are basically the same thing. They are manifestations, sorry, very likely the same thing. These are manifestations of the same type of psychological behavior. So let's talk about Christmas. Why? Really, why? Stop right now. Think about it. Why do you celebrate Christmas? Not sure you're going to say, oh, you know, Maybe you pause like that. You're like, actually, I don't know. Maybe you're like, well, I've always done it. It's tradition. Oh, it's tradition. That's what it is. I have a lot of traditions. You know, I used to have the tradition of getting blacked out drunk every night. It was a great tradition. Uh, it turns out it wasn't such a great tradition. And I'm not comparing Christmas to getting blacked out drunk. I'm just saying that you create patterns and you're like, oh, yeah, so there's a pattern. So we do it. Mm, okay. But really... Think of all the reasons why you celebrate Christmas. Like, really, really justify them. Like, why do you do it? Why should you do it? Well, actually, it turns out there's a website for this. It's called, ready? Brace yourself. Hope you're sitting down. Whychristmas.com. <laughs> so, let's see what that says. Christmas is the celebration to remember the birth of Jesus Christ, who Christians believe is the Son of of God. The name Christmas comes from the mast of Christ or Jesus, a mass service, which is sometimes called a communion or a word I'm not going to say, is basically where Christians remember that Jesus died for us and then came back to life. Therefore, Christ mass is the service, and this was only allowed to take place after sunset or before sunset, sunrise on the next day. So people had it at midnight, or they had it the following morning. Eventually they shortened it into calling it Christmas, and then it became Christmas. Now, whychristmas.com goes on further to say, Christmas is now celebrated by people around the world, whether they are Christian or not. It is a time when family and friends come together and remember the good times they have had. People, especially children, also like Christmas, because... It's a time when you receive presents. So there we go. Three explanations. God stuff, tradition, as I mentioned, and then hedonism, which we mentioned. Think about that, about your, your decisions in celebrating. All right, all right. So, if you do not believe in God... Or maybe you believe in God. Maybe you don't believe in, in there was a Jesus, right? Maybe you don't believe Jesus is the Savior. Maybe you believe in some sort of, oh, well, I believe in there's a God. I just don't know. It's like, okay, well, Christmas isn't about God. It's about God's Son, who is Jesus, supposedly. So if you don't believe in God or Jesus, nor practice religion, it's, it's simply just hedonism and decadence. Sure, there's tradition. But... Alternatives to this? 
We can explain that. We're going to go into that a little bit later. We'll talk about alternatives. I think Christmas is actually really disrespectful to practice people that practice religion. People that believe in God, they believe in the faith, they go to church, they pray. There, there's work that comes along with the faith system. They do the work. And then, you know, once a year, they get this holiday to celebrate the birth of the Son of God that they believe in, that they pray to, that they work for, that they have these rules, these commandments, this morality, this framework based in this practice. It's called practice. You practice religion. There's, there's work involved. And then they get, there's a benefit. The cost is the work for the religion. The benefit is Christmas. Wow. So, I mean, if you don't believe in God and Jesus, why are you doing it? Really, why? Tradition. Let's, let's flip the script. Why not? Why would you not celebrate Christmas other than having a different faith system? When if you don't have that faith system, why are you celebrating it? Do you, do you see where I'm getting here? People don't celebrate Christmas have a different faith system. So if you don't have their faith system, why are you celebrating Christmas? I'm going to take a sip of coffee before I read this part. I wrote this out because I wanted this to be concise. I switched to decaf. doesn't taste as good. This is me. This is coming right from me. The bottom of my chest, my heart, my brain. I believe we must live forthright with the world. We must strive to be honest with ourselves as much as possible or to the highest degree as possible. We need to fill our proper place in the world. We must manifest the best me that we can be by projecting the same honesty outwardly as we are trying to do inwardly. This means searching out our pitfalls. This means identifying our weaknesses and trying our best to fill in those gaps. If we are honest with ourselves and each other, this is a growing process which the ends are beyond what we can imagine. We literally don't know how good we can be if we work at this every day and everyone else is. So this also means we can be honest about our strengths as well. We've been trained to believe that being honest about our strengths is vain and pretentious. And it may very well be. But if we are all striving to be honest and you're incorrect about your capacity or competence, others being honest will point that out to you. And if you're being honest with yourself... You will take that info, not as an insult, as a, a critique of where you can... F it, it's a pitfall, as we described earlier in this section here. So lastly, in line with this converse conversation, we must be willing to deny ourselves that which we did not earn, that which we did not deserve, nor are entitled to. I feel like that was kind of, kind of, kind of heavy. Let's talk about the Christmas paradox, as I call it, because I, 
I, I went back and forth on this Christmas thing for years before I finally said three years ago, I'm not doing it. And it was hard. It was hard to deny myself those things. But a lot of mental and physical health is about denying yourself or, you know, controlling yourself or making yourself do something or not do something. Anyway, so the Christmas paradox is this. I, I will admit this is the best part about Christmas is that there is this warm feeling of empathy and compassion in the air. You know, the lights, the colors. Um, you know, typically you have like blue light, which is like like industrial. It's like um, institutional. Then you have like warmer light, which is, is, is it's warmer in color. But it's also like it, it, it feels warmer when you all the Christmas lights, the different tones. It just it just it's nice. It is very nice. And people are, you know, gift giving and, and, and you know, getting together and all those things. And, and, and the paradox to that is, is how much this has been bastardized by by the cold consumerism, you know, um, the. The, the hedonism, the selfishness, and, you know, think about it. I mean, like, it's on the, oh, yeah, I get present, you know, parents excluded, because parents are doing this for kids, and that's a whole other conversation, you know, but, you know, for the most part, you're getting people gifts in hopes that they're going to get you good gifts, like, don't even lie to yourself that that's not true, like, you're sitting there, you're hoping, I get this, you tell the people exactly what you want, you know, it's... And that, that's a, that, that's something that to, to really stir on is like it's like this yin and yang of the good stuff, the bad stuff. It it just doesn't sit right with me. Now I've been told um, it's hard for people to buy gifts for me, and I made that easy on them by uh, you know not being into birthdays and not doing Christmas. I don't. I tell everyone, don't get me anything for Christmas. No, what I what actually what I tell people, I said, hey, if you want to give get me something or do something for me for Christmas, I tell people read a book for me. That's what I want you to do. That's what I want for Christmas. I want, I want you to read a book, any book. You choose the book. You know how many people have done that for me? Probably none. You know how many people I've told that to? Dozens. It's upsetting. So. Let's just go into the next section here. We'll talk about my belief that <sighs> celebrating Christmas in, in the decadent hedonistic way we do, I think is incredibly disrespectful to people that are practicing Christians. Um, now, I never liked really religion. I was like many of you uh, default liberals that are around my age who were brought up to, you know, basically religion's dumb and it's stupid and it's fairy tales. And, and it's a very naive incredibly naive position there's so much depth and complexity and uh human and the understanding of human nature in the religious religious frameworks that it's to throw out the baby with the bathwater is certainly a mistake but i mean maybe we could throw out a lot of the bathwater but like probably keep the baby maybe <laughs> different conversation as well but there are there are people and there's few people at least I, i'm young i live in a city tends to be less religious, more secular. So I don't know a lot of people that practice religion. And it turns out a lot of my friends that I find out are religious, they're really apprehensive to tell me or to tell anyone because because they've heard it all. Like, oh, it's fairy tales. It's dumb. You know, so I've, I have my one friend, um, um, I'm just not going to say his name, but, you know, 
he was saying, like, I asked him to do something, and he's like, oh, maybe I can come after church. And I was like, what? And because he's, like, a smart guy, and he's kind of artsy, and he's kind of hip, you know, I, I was, like, surprised he believed in God and went to church because I was like, oh, people don't do that because he's, he's I mean, there's plenty of places where it's the other way around if someone doesn't go to church. And the more I've um, had this, like, I guess something of a similar religious framework in health and fitness and longevity and treating my body as, like, something to be worshipped and to treat well and, and to give it the best I can be, you know, within reason... When I see people who are making those same sacrifices, oh man, you're getting up on you know, every Sunday morning, you get up early just to go sit there. It's like, you know what, that's that's more work than a lot of people will put into a lot of things. A lot of things. Think about how uncommitted you are to everything you want to do. Even if something, you, oh, I'm every, you know, every Thursday I'm going to go out and ride or I'm going to, you know, and you just, you just suck at it. <laughs> we all suck at it. Um, which go back and note how we must live forthright with the world because that's the recurring theme in all of wrench life. But just think about if, if you, you practiced religion, if you put in the work, if you went to church, if you did the reading, if you, if, you know, and especially in like, you know, some religions have fasting, um, some religions have uh, particular restrictive diets over periods of times. Like there's all these things they have to do um, and I'm not arguing whether that's smart to do that or, or, or effective or whatever. All I'm saying is if someone else is doing all the work and then you just show up and you're like, yay, Christmas, let's go. It's like, that's a dick move. Like imagine you're, imagine you're putting in work, you're, 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 you're building this, you're digging a garden, you're, you're planting the seeds, you're watering, you're fertilizing it, you're, 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 you're put, you know, the, you're putting up chicken wire so the squirrels don't get in your garden you're doing all this work and then at the end of the season all these other people are just like yay a bunch of free produce and maybe they're not stealing your produce because it's not like you're stealing someone else's Christmas but you have the literal fruits of your labor of, of a season's harvest right in your hands and other people can just go to the store buy all the vegetables and then they celebrate they don't have to eat the vegetables they celebrate it like oh my god look at this great thing they decorate blah 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 and you're like I mean, like we're celebrating this thing we work for. We and it's like I would. I tend to. Sorry, I'm inclined to believe that the people that practice religion are not offended by other people doing Christmas because they understand this. Like, you earn it, and they don't earn it. So they and they people don't believe it. So it's like, yeah, I don't think they care. But as a secular person speaking to secular people, maybe you should think about how disrespectful you're being to practice people that practice religion when you when you partake in their holidays without doing any of the work. So maybe, maybe you should pray a little bit more or go to church, or maybe you should stop celebrating Christmas. You can pick. But I think you're kind of an asshole if you do both. Moving along, my last topic. Well, I mean, well, I, I, I got two more things in this Christmas vein. This is a long time I'm riffing on this Christmas shit. One, all I wrote here was <laughs> climate bullshit. What if I told you, what if I told you there was one month of the year where we created one million extra tons of trash each week? A month that cost $11 billion in packing material, $2.6 billion 
pieces of single-use paper, which are cards, and $15 billion in Christmas trees, in cut-down trees. That's Christmas. Everyone wants to pretend they care so fucking much about the environment. I'm so, like, okay. This is that thing about living forthright with the world. People say they're all about climate change. They got the bumper stickers. They they want like the you know the Green New Deal or this or that. But they do not manifest any of that in their daily life. It's single use that, single use this. We're gonna buy the tree. We're gonna put the lights on it. We're gonna we're gonna wrap the presents. We're gonna put the bow around it. We're gonna the, 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 we bought it on Amazon. It came here in the box with the with the baggies of air. We throw that away. We take more paper, wrap it in the paper. It sits there for a fucking week. You unwrap it, throw it straight in the trash. It is so wasteful and decadent and hedonistic. This, like, if you care about your carbon footprint, like, you should seriously consider what you're doing for Christmas. Seriously consider it. I know people, um, and I think they're kind of crazy and misguided for, like, they will be like, well, we're not going to have kids for the climate. It's like, oh, that's kind of an interesting take. It's like, like, oh, we're going to get a, you know, vasectomy and then we're all good because we care about the climate. But also, here's Christmas. Hmm. Fun fact. Uh, for humanity to maintain population, uh, you need to have... Every woman needs to have 2.1 children. And if they don't, population will decline. And all the talk of climate change about, oh, we need to feed the people, we need to feed the people, we need to feed people. Well, as people come out of poverty and get to the, what's considered middle class, they have less children. As women get access to the job market and to birth control, the amount of children they have drops like dramatically. And we are going to climb from where we are, like 7 billion to like 10 billion. And all the estimates say a 10 billion population, is not, it's not going to collapse, but it's going to start to decline because people are averaging less than 2.1 children once once they get to the middle class. So anyone tells you otherwise is just wrong. And people like to be wrong. They tend to be wrong. So there's my little riff on Christmas and climate bullshit. Feel free to add anything if you have anything to add in the comments if you're on YouTube or IG, whatever. So, I'm going to finish this up. A couple questions and a final statement about Christmas. One is, how can we move forward as a society and a culture if we cannot make honest sacrifices? How can we live in a post-traditional religious world if we pursue purely hedonism? The secular world seems to be a snowballing of enlightenment values, which probably couldn't have existed without Christianity, and that's a whole other discussion, and I'm not qualified to talk about that, because I'm not. So anyway, the enlightenment values came to America, combined with some of the, the Christian individualism and our founding fathers, they got it right, and we're getting it wrong. These are the foundational documents up here behind me. Everywhere in the foundational documents of the United States, you always hear rights and duties, responsibilities and rights. It's never one without the other. Never one without the other. Which goes back to what I was saying, living forthright with the world. Why would you celebrate Christmas if you did not earn it? You have the 
I guess maybe you have the right to just have Christmas, but did you have the responsibility of practicing the religion? You didn't. Probably didn't. If you did, good for you. We really need to understand that all rights, at least negative rights, come with the responsibilities of respecting other people's rights. Think about how maybe you, but many of the young default liberal people, they, they like frown upon religion. They're like, oh, yeah, it's stupid. It's fairy tales. But also you want Christmas. Don't tell me there isn't some crazy hypocrisy in that position. It, it's, it's downright stupid. You heard me. Stupid. Oh, man. So, my last closing on this is alternatives. What are your alternatives? I mean, you could easily push the Christmas tradition into a New Year's tradition. You could move it back a few days to the solstice. But, like, why would you celebrate the solstice if your life doesn't revolve around anything else planetary? You know, it's kind of a weird stance. I think um, if you're someone that goes outside a lot, and you should go outside a lot, the solstice is something worth noting because you know, like we're we're you know we're getting there, and you have the, you know you have the equinox. Like we're halfway through the winter. Okay, that's cool. New Year's, our New Year's is based on nothing. It's a calendar that doesn't have any really basis in anything. So that's kind of irrelevant. I like Thanksgiving. Um, I think Thanksgiving is everything we. We say Christmases without the gift giving and the decadence, aside from maybe all the food waste. But let me tell you, let me tell you about what I call Dad's New Year. My father was a New Age Jeffersonian. He was a great man. He was a thinker. I'm a thinker. I'm of his blood. My father rejected New Year's because calendar is based in nothing. My father celebrated his own New Year's every year on the first day of spring. And I love this tradition. I love it. Spring is a time of rebirth. Right? Totally is. Day first day of spring. Right? Is it the first day of spring also the equinox? Now, the thing with the spring is, aside, you know, on New Year's, you just celebrate midnight, which is arbitrary because there are different time zones. It's kind of a joke. With spring, there is a specific moment in which the sun passes the equator. Something happens cosmically. Something happens in the planet. Uh, in the spring, plants are coming back to life. Like, a lot changes. It makes a lot more sense to, to take that day to be thankful. We made it through the winter. Although, you know, winter's not too hard to make it through in 2020 in America. But I, I, I low-key celebrate this with myself. I have a drink. Take a mental note. Set a little alarm on my, on my phone and go, ah. And it's also a moment for me to remember my dad. So this is, I'm not saying you have to do this. I think it's a great idea. Maybe you should do this. Maybe we can get the ball rolling. What's, you know, what's stopping you and your family from starting a new tradition right now? My brother and I talked about this. What's a tradition? I mean, it's just something you do. It has to start somewhere. So why not? Why not reject Christmas? And Easter, for that matter. And let's focus on Thanksgiving and New Year, and do what I call Dad's New Year, first day of spring. I think that's a good place to start. If you have any input on this, feel free to let me know. I would love to discuss this with anyone. I mean, really, like, like turn off your biases, turn off 
the historical stances on everything and and just think about it like now a couple other examples i have i celebrate um well one this week is the um four-year anniversary of me starting my business and i celebrate that because it's a lot harder to keep my business open than it is to stay celebrate my birthday like it's pretty easy to stay alive to keep my business running requires a lot more work so i celebrate that Furthermore, when I started my business in 2016, I worked from August until May without a single day off. Literally, I took like two half days. I worked, I worked, I worked, I worked. So I have it in my calendar right here. May 15th was my first day off back in 2017. I celebrate that day because that is very specific to my life. Like, obviously, you wouldn't celebrate that. But I go back, man, I worked my ass off. I put everything I owned on the line, wore myself down to, like, fucking God knows I was dead. It's worth celebrating. Maybe you can think about things in your life that are worth celebrating and think about the things that matter and not just what you've been told matter that you haven't earned. Let's try to be forthright with the world, guys. Let's move past Christmas. If you're not practicing religion. Okay, that was pretty heavy. Let's move on to some mindful moments. <laughs> Sorry. Hoping. Gonna let this music play. Give me a minute to regroup. For today's mindful moments, I'm going to kind of tie two together, and it'll it kind of ties together with the earlier show. I want to talk about a moment I had where I had kind of a a little emotional breakdown. I said something out loud that I've thought probably tens of thousands of times. I just never verbalized it. And when I said it, I immediately just started crying and had this crazy, like, physiological response. And, like, you wouldn't think that... Something you thought would manifest differently in your body having said it out loud, but it did. And if this has happened to you, I want you to pause this and stop and think about it and let me know because I'd, I'd love to hear if you had a similar situation. So, as I said in the previous section in general, I own an sk- indoor skate park. In 2016, I put everything on the line. I worked for like six months straight, not a day off. Like, worked myself to the bone, like, was so fried. Back then, I was still pretty depressed and unhappy and, like, didn't really want to be alive. But this project was so big, I was like, all right, well, I got something to work for, you know. And I frequently have these moments where I'm in the park and I'm closing and I just look around and I'm like, holy fuck. This is mine. I own this. I did this. It's like, it's crazy. You get so caught up in, 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 in the everyday go 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 that you like you seldom sit step back and look at it and go holy shit and and that's what being mindful is about so this moment stems off of that it's just 
important to preface how much work and how I've put everything I own into this thing. So, there's a, a common thing in our society right now. You may have heard of it. People call it white privilege. It always like rubbed me really weird because people say things like, you know, it's, 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 things are handed to you if you're a straight white male or whatever. And that's you assuming that looking at me that I'm straight and I'm white and I'm male. And, you know, m maybe two of those things are right. Maybe they're not because I can tell you right now, I'm not a straight white male. And this idea that like it's just easy for you or it's just handed to you, you know, like, oh, you got a business because, you know, whatever. It always pissed me off. I'm like, dude, you don't know how fucking hard I worked for this how much I put into it like and so many people came out and volunteered and, and helped me and I'm forever thankful for them and like I love you guys all of you I never forget you I never will forget you and so the reality of my situation is one of the things that made it easier to start a skate park is you know, my father who's up here in this picture I'll put him up here he died in 2015. Uh, he was a postal worker. He um, had money in retirement, retirement money, and he had money in the bank, but that was to live off of. He was 62 and, and two months. So I got uh, like half of his retirement, which, you know, was his retirement, and a third of what he had in the bank. Not a massive amount of money, but not necessarily a small amount of money. I guess it's relative. Now, you could say, oh, there's your inheritance. There's your white privilege. But if my father lived another 20 years, which were possible, and I can tell you what, I would have... <laughs> I'm trying not to I get to this without crying. This is exactly what I said that made me cry. I said out loud... that I would have much rather have had my father than the buddy I got from him. <laughs> Fuck. I, uh, <clears throat> sorry. I believe I would have made the skate park happen had he not died. Um, I did get approved for an SBA loan um, and I ended up not taking it because I spent everything I owned. I think I would have had... There was a few individuals I know would have helped me. And I would have had the loan. So the difference would have been I would have been paying off this loan for the first few years versus paying myself back for my input. So, and all in all, the price I paid, I bought this... Everything, there's another skate park, they closed. I bought their assets from the property company because they got kicked out. So I bought the whole skate park for a price that was unbelievable. I bought a business that cost a quarter million dollars to start. I literally bought it for 20 grand, which is just insane. And then I probably spent another $10,000 um, getting the business up and running and if, if you're from here and you know me when we opened the park was half built we had no product it, like there was no lights in any of the showcases like we really really continually worked and we're four years in and we're still ramping up and i'm still not to where i, I want the place to be you know the the model was built for what i had to spend 
And like with this current political environment where people say those things, it, it like it cuts me to the core because it's like, dude, I get the I get the argument where it's like it's harder for some people, right? And we're trying to not be racist, which is essentially just being prejudiced. And in order to not be prejudiced, you're just being prejudiced. You're assuming things about people based on who they are or what they look like. Whatever. And this was, this that's not what this was supposed to be about. This was supposed to be about the moment. I was talking with a close friend, and they're like, you know, well, you know, you made it happen. And I'm not trying to characterize them as accusing me of anything. They were just like... Well, you know, it was easy, easier for you because, you know, you had your dad's money. And I'm like, I'm sitting there in my kitchen next to my coffee pot. I'm on the phone. We're doing, I'm doing, talking to my phone. And I'm like, yeah, but I would much rather have had my dad than the money. Like, and I just like, like, it just, I, I just said it. This being like, oh, I'll just say this thing. I thought it a million times. And then it just like, I just started crying. And I was just like. And, like, you know, I feel the adrenaline go up, and just, like, this major dump of emotion, and I was like, holy fuck, I just sat there in my kitchen, like, wow, never said that out loud. So, for the record, (laughs) I would much rather have my dad alive to see what I've accomplished than gotten the money he would have lived off of that would have been gone in 15 years anyway because he was retired. The only reason there was inheritance at all is because he died as soon as he retired. He had, I think, 70 grand in his retirement, which is... He's 62. If he lives 10 years and there's 70 grand in his retirement, what's he get a year? Nothing. I mean, it w- he would have had to work the part job, part-time job to even live off that money, and it wouldn't have gone that long. So it's not like I inherited a whole lot. And I, like I said, that moment, like I would have rather had my fucking dad. <sighs> That's my mindful moment. Um, so... Again, if, if, if you've had a, this this thing happen to you before where you verbalize something that you've thought a million times and you have a massive like emotional and physiological response that you didn't expect, p- please contact me, like DM me or comment. And I, I'd love to talk about what it was. And, and you know, maybe there was a, a um, oh my God, it was a Freudian thing, um, a repression maybe of some of that emotion. I, I don't know. But I'd love to talk about it. So that was my um, mindful moment for the day. And I think I'm just going to end the podcast here. This is 40 minutes in. I riffed on this for a really long time. And we'll get into the the book stuff on the next one. Honestly, I feel really shot after talking about that. Like, I miss my dad. It'd be great if he was around. I was a kid when he died. You are never really an adult until your parents are gone. You just don't even know. Like You have no perspective of, of what it's like to not have that like emotional um, safety net. Having no one. So, 
I'm going to go uh, try to decompress from this particularly heavy podcast. Uh, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. I hope you consider what we talked about. I hope you wrench your life. I hope you try to be one step better every day. I hope you do it for you, not for me. But if doing it for me helps you get there, then you, then do it for you or me, whatever. <sighs> it is wrench life with a Y because you know, there's nothing as good as feeling good. And feeling good means living forthright with the world, making sacrifices and being proud of those sacrifices. So, thank you for listening. And, uh, I don't know. Hang loose, bro. Bye.